To Queer Alien Blast. Uh, this is episode 29. We're going to be recapping the second episode of season three, which we all loved. And I think we all have a lot to say. And for once, it's not just us <laughs> complaining about stuff. No I love season and moaning. So far. <laughs> no complaining. Uh, well, maybe a little bit. Um, no, there's always cause, complaining because <laughs> it's us. But um, Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it, and we're going to talk about uh, the Pod Squad and Mr. Jones. Um, the first thing that I had is uh, that Nora's an engineer. Nora's, uh, she built the pods and the ship. She's like Michael, She and I loved that. I loved kind of like, you know, obviously this is where Michael gets it from. Um, I thought that was great, and I love seeing Nora again. I'm so excited she might be more have more depth to her than just like sweet mom you know what I mean like that there's more mm-hmm. to her that maybe she's a little bit more manipulative a little bit more I don't want I don't want to say devious but a little bit more I don't know a little there's a little more development to her and so I don't know how often she's going to pop up or how many episodes we're going to see her in but I'm super excited that you can trace more of her through Michael than we even had before um so we also finally got a glimpse of their home planet, which is finally weirdly called the Oasis. Like, I, why couldn't we just call it whatever it's called in their language? But whatever. I loved the the colorful flying lizard thing. That was that was a neat way to show the the planet without getting like taking up too much time. Like, hey, this is an alien planet. It looks weird. It's got this funky colored flying lizard. So. Well, it's just about time we got some sci-fi on our sci-fi show. Like other than just seeing like the alien powers, which is very cool. We actually got to see some like otherworldly, like I've been waiting for that. It was, they did it great. I, you know, I loved the pink background, everything mm-hmm. about it, you know, all the blues and purples and everything. So, I mean, I'm not mad it tied in well with what we've seen of their technology. Up to right. Now. Right. It's that it's could be cheesy, but at the same time, it's actually really well done. I was actually pretty you know, as well done as I think you're probably going to get. I was very surprised. Yeah, because I think, you know, last season um, we had small complaints, but about the flashbacks taking up so much, so much time. We we all love the flashbacks from last season, but they did take up a lot of time from our um, actual timeline. And I think they really kind of balance it very well with how they did it this time with... Um, it connecting to Jones's narration and um, just showing little glimpses that give you information that connects to the information that we had last season. So it kind of, you know, um, goes and complements it. Um, but it, it didn't take a lot of, take up much time because it was just, it fit into what he was saying and what the uh, plot for the episode was. So I think it really, they did it really well and I hope they continue this way. Um, because I don't, I don't want it taking much time from, you know, the actual plot and the, our characters and, you know, the core characters. But it is really interesting to see. And it, we've been waiting two seasons to see something of where they come from. Um, I, I completely agree that what I didn't want to see was full five minutes of talking about Nora and like what they did. Um, if that happens quite often where we just get you know, Jones talking or someone else talking and we get to watch it. I think that that will tie both all the timelines together, tie all the characters together and give us a chance to sort of see Michael and Nora and the others and their parents or whatever connected really well. Like even the flashbacks too, and which we'll talk about later with Max and, and Mr. Jones and all of that. It just, it didn't feel forced or like it was too long. Like we gave us exactly what we needed Cause that was one of the things about the flashbacks last season is that after a while I was like, okay, this has gone on for a long time. I don't know that we need all these details. So it was kind of nice to just get to the heart of what they wanted us to know. I agree. 
Um, so let's talk about Jones and his backstory. Um, love him. Love him. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I I still think he's playing them, but it was an interesting backstory, you know, to have basically like a prisoner of war that's forced to use his abilities to help uh, the bad guy. Yeah, I just, I really, I really love Mr. Jones. I love Discount Max. I want him to stick around. What I love, I think, is that it's showing with Jones and with Nora and with everyone and that we've seen with the main characters is that not everyone is all good and all all bad. You know, that there isn't any such thing other than a few select characters, like obviously Jesse or, you know, is meant to be the overt villain or whatever. That Jones, we don't, we can't really trust what he's saying. I don't really know how much we can really trust him. But if we can take some, as Isabel says, not everyone lies all the time. There's some sort of gem of truth in here. Then it shows that there are shades of gray everywhere with with Nora and, and what she created and why and possibly why she had Michael. We don't know. There's some possible you know very gray areas of why that happened and then you know you have jones who yeah probably did did help the dictator but we don't necessarily know the reasons why or he was forced or all of these i love that like i don't want to see watch a show where it's like okay these are the good people and these are the bad people all the time yeah i was just gonna say exactly what you said about isabel mentioning it that she knows that he's probably like part of the story is a lie, but also not everything has to be a lie. Not everything can be a lie because you have to start from something that is true to build an, an effective lie. So I think parts of part of his story is true for, for sure. And obviously he's manipulating them and he's very good at that. Like the way he manipulates Michael and Isabel in different ways that was so interesting is this the same actor how is this the same literally how? he plays mischievous and like gray quirky more, like weird uh, yeah he plays it so like I even the mannerisms the way he holds his body and tilts his head and talks and the, everything that he does I'm like Maybe he plays <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe he plays actor. Max better than I thought. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's his intention with Max. Is like I don't know because clearly he's good. I think I don't know him very well as an actor. Obviously, I don't really pay attention to much of what he's done in the past. But I mean, clearly he's pretty decent. Like I, this is a whole different side. I'm, I'm having complicated feelings about Nathan <laughs> since this season. I'm having very complicated feelings. I don't know what's happening. And it's all Jones's fault. Uh, Let's talk about the clones. So Max is apparently a clone. And it reminded me, I haven't watched the OG series since it originally aired. So like 20 years ago, Uh, they were all clones. Yeah. I have a feeling Michael and Isabel are as well. Like I would imagine Michael is a clone of the dictator as a way. That's what a dictator would do, right? Clone himself so that it's unlimited power or whatever. Um, I don't know about Isabel. I, I don't, you know, we obviously wouldn't know why, but it would make complete sense if they were all clones. Then what a good way to tie it with the original series. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's my main theory for now as well. Like Max was confirmed, basically. Um, uh, I think for the use of the word hair oh, yeah. instead of son, uh, when he talks to Michael at the end, oh, yeah. um, I think Michael is a clone of the dictator and not his son. Why would the dictator help my mother? Some things are better left buried. There's only one option I can think of. I'm the product of it, aren't I? I'm the dictator's son. I know, I'm right. You're his heir. Um, and Isabel, I think, because of the conversation that Jones and Isabel have about Louise, I think Isabel is a clone of Louise. Um, so possibly Michael being a clone both, you know, has combined DNA of maybe Nora and the dictator. But we've so seen it's like Louise. More of a Isabel's son. definitely not her clone. 
Yeah, that was my thought. They can't, be, she can't be a clone they're, of they're Louise. They're not clones. I mean, a clone would be an identical. Well, yeah. She's no, yeah. definitely not a clone of Louise. Or like or someone could be a clone connected, of someone else. Right. Connected like, to Louise. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because well, they look pretty similar, but like, anyway. But and my other theory is that um, for Michael specifically and for Jones is that Jones is actually the dictator and is just trying to mislead them. Um, so it's actually Michael's dad in that case, but I'm sure, I'm for sure I'm going to be wrong about this because I'm always wrong about I my like theories, the but the clones of, is pretty obvious. Yeah. I like the idea of Michael actually, that, that Jones is not the dictator and that Michael actually is the clone because I like that line when he says to Max, like there, I don't remember the exact line, but basically there's no handbook when someone shows up with your face or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like there's no. I, it would be interesting to see Michael struggle with that because you know Michael would like internalize some sort of guilt that he looks like someone who's destroyed an entire group of aliens or whatever he's done. So I, I'm i clinging to the hope that Jones isn't lying about that, that he actually is the, the heir or clone or whatever. Well, and I kind of like the idea that maybe Jones is telling the truth. Like they are Mm -hmm. so convinced that he is lying and manipulating them. And what if he's not, what if he actually is telling the truth and somebody with the face of Michael is actually the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I think that could be a really interesting way to play it since everyone on the show and all of the viewers were all convinced, at least what I've seen that Jones is lying, that he's a bad guy. And, you know, And we've talked a little bit about, you know, liking that some of these characters kind of live in a gray area. Mm -hmm. What if Louise and Nora are kind of, kind of come out for the worse at the end of this? I think that could be a really interesting way for it to go. That would be the, that would be so interesting, mostly because of what it would mean for the pot squad, right? So like what it would mean, like even now with this episode, we've seen Michael, starting to question what he knows about his mother and and you know Isabel is is kind of uh, I think she's you know she says I'm playing poker too you know I'm trying to kind of have him tell him having him tell us what he knows um and trying not to fall like uh a prey to to all of his story but Michael is obviously affected by it because Michael was always affected by by what he um found out about his his mother his family you know because that's part of his character and I think that it would be so interesting to have both Nora and Louise or like the resistance or whatever it was gonna going to be called um be not necessarily good and I'm sorry if we we segue into this uh, already but I do love the idea of Michael kind of having unlimited powers and being like the if he is the heir of this dictator who is possibly immortal and possibly have as unlimited power um i love that idea because we as audience um i don't think the show necessarily always showed it but we as audience know that michael is good michael is a good person so um I, I love the idea of possibly having to confront this idea of being the son of someone who's bad and using the same powers if he does as as the exact same powers for to do something good because i i do believe that that's what michael would do um if i'm allowed to bring down the mood in the room a little bit <laughs> Um, when we talk about Nora, I don't know that this is where the show is going to go because like you, Mick, um, I'm never right. Um, I think the assumption and, and I want to be delicate here. The assumption has always been that Nora chose to have Michael. Um, and when we're talking about war and we're talking about all of these like horror, you know, horrible things on this planet, it is always in the back of my mind that I wonder if we're going to find out if Nora was forced. Um, to carry Michael or if there's some sort of nefarious other other things that play here. I don't necessarily want that to be true. And I also think that that's pretty damn dark to talk about on a show about aliens. So I'm not saying by any means that that's where they're going, but I think it would be most interesting for Michael 
to find out these things about, you know, who it, his father or what do you, what do you call the person that clones you? I have no idea. Um, but you're, you know, there's going to be some like guilt there or some really complicated feelings. So on a kind of a selfish note, not that I ever want anything like that to happen to anyone on the show, that would be an interesting direction for them to take it. I agree. I, I like that. It's, um, I'm always ready for dark stuff. Like as long as we get a happy ending, I like, I like dark, bring the mood down, Amanda. I love it. I don't mind dark stuff. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't know how dark they're going to get on the CW, but I, I always, uh, as cheesy as it is, I mean, the darker the things are, I mean, a lot better, you know, how, how much more satisfying it is when there's, you know, happiness in the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. Saying all of that to say also that Michael Guerin has been through enough and, you know, we don't need any other trauma to be heaped on, especially now that he's going to find out that he's impervious to fire, you know, all these other new parts of his abilities. So. So that's a good way to segue into the Michael and Max scene at the crash down where they were uh, vulnerable and talked about feelings. I should have asked you a year ago. I know I didn't want to. I can't afford to ignore it any longer, can I? You're about to die. There's no more time to be stupid and scared. Well, I'm sorry. I was scared too. I thought if I could just cowboy my way into my final sunset that I wouldn't have to face the hard part. And, uh, Man, Max has kind of come a long way in that year gap. Like, I, I guess I, your heartbroken make again for the 500th time or something makes you more compassionate, more sympathetic, more willing to like talk I mean, maybe about it's always, him knowing he's dying. Maybe there's always been this the dichotomy about Max that has always driven me a little bit crazy, where he's obviously the type of person to he's a writer and writers feel very deeply and they're usually not very ashamed of the way that they feel and are able to express that in some form or fashion versus the max we get who isn't very willing to be open with the people in his life. And and you do have to work hard to get those sort of brotherly moments. And so now we're finally having those parts like Mary, those come together where we see I don't hate Max so far. I want the coming down to say is I don't hate Max. What this is goes happening? against the entire brand of our podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't hate him. I don't, I don't know. I, I thought that he, his like new like love interest, like I thought that was interesting, you know, all these things. And this, this conversation he had with Michael, I'm just sitting there going, who are you? Is this Max? Is this growth? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I love that scene and I there has not been a single scene the past two seasons between Michael and Max that I've enjoyed because I was always kind of like face palming and rolling my eyes uh you know having disagreeing with Max somehow because I was I mean obviously I'm biased uh you know Michael is my favorite character but I'm always also on Michael's part just because I agree with basically all that he says you know between their two opinions and this time like last episode um I do believe that Max is willing to or both of them actually are willing to listen and try and understand the other and kind of meet in the middle um and try to learn from each other instead of like go- always going head to head um, and always having to like kind of disagreeing like on principle just be- just because you have to you know just because you're brothers and you you have to disagree um, because there's this you know sibling rivalry or whatever um, so I think it shows great character growth from both of them um, honestly just and just kind of like relationship dynamic growth um finally and i'm f- i'm free w- <laughs> freely willing to admit that max and michael scenes kind of you know i don't always love them and most of that comes from my own personal bitterness about the hand situation that is never oh, yeah. going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, you know, brought up again. Well, maybe not never, but presumably it's not gonna be brought up anytime soon. And, and Michael's already sort of basically said that he forgives, you know, Max for lots of things. And so I think it was like letting go of my own personal bitterness because you can't, I mean, if you're not going to get resolution about a problem, you're not in a show, you're just not going to get it. And you just have to learn to deal with that. So I think once I was able to not necessarily let it go, but just be like, okay, well, I mean, it, it happened. I, you know, there's nothing we can really do about it and move forward, changed a lot of the ways that I view Max and Michael. It's a lot more pleasant now. And I can see a more brotherly relationship, you know, forming um, one that I don't hate. No, I agree. Yeah. Season two really just kind of, it didn't do their characters any favors, especially Max. And um, I do, I wish we had seen kind of the evolution, but I'm just glad we have it and that Max is becoming somewhat tolerable. It kind of feels like the show is saying season two never happened. I'm just throwing Love that it. out there. Kind of feels like so far you could skip from one to three. I think that maybe if I, if I was going to rewatch the whole show, I could, having seen the show, you can skip season two. Right. It never happened. Um, so we had the scene with Michael and Max and during it, we learned that Max has a new memory of when Jones came to quote unquote rescue him and that he felt safe with Jones where he didn't with Nora. And I loved, I loved everything about that. I loved kind of Michael's reaction. I think that he is, you know, starting to realize that, like Isabel said, it's not all black and white. And maybe his mom isn't this perfect angel of a character that was done wrong by everyone. And I just, I loved how Max handled that. Because again, it's just this, we don't know even a 10th of this story. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's real. We don't know what's not real. We don't know what's a lie. We don't have Nora here to talk about this with. You have to either believe what Joan says or what Max says or, you know, other little, you know, tidbits of information that you're getting and build an entire history on that. There's a million different ways you can go with it. All I do enjoy that what Max is basically saying is I can't give you any more information other than a feeling. And this is how it felt. Now he was a child, child's children's feelings are complicated. They are, you know, valid, but also they haven't really learned how to deal with emotion or, or know what complicated emotions are. So we don't really know what that means, but it's a very base part of his emotion was that he and children know where they're safe and where they're not. So if he felt safe with this person and not with this person, that's a, it's, that's the very basic feeling. So you have to believe that in some ways, that means that there's some sort of there, there's something there that I love. Let, ah, let Nora be super complicated. Let her be a little, I don't want to say heartless. That's not what I mean, but you know, she is, you know, working towards a goal she's trying to save people save her planet save you know all of these things and, and maybe there are limits that she's willing to go to or you know go past and, and you know there's these boundaries that she's willing to breach to make that happen maybe that includes doing something to this child I have no idea I'm very excited so let's talk about that really good scene towards the end with uh jones and isabel because um he's absolutely right i think they all underestimate isabel and i loved that little smirk she gave i love it i love the scene it was really kind of weirdly intense and i think a lot of foreshadowing for what's going to happen with isabel going forward okay this is not going to make any sense I'm fine with that. No one's going to agree with me. I wonder if Jones can sense that my, maybe Isabel is a little bit more vulnerable to manipulation because of the things with Noah, because of who she is. Not that not a sign of weakness. That's not what I mean. But we just don't know what Jones knows or what he can sense or what, you know, and I just that whole scene, it just feels like I think he realized that he wasn't going to get as far with Michael. And he wasn't going, you know, I think Michael and Max have put up a lot stronger walls against him. And, and Matt, Michael said multiple times, I know the truth. I don't want to listen to you. You know, that there's that there. And I think that, and I don't, and, and Isabel might be playing that up. I have no idea. This might be like a long con of, you know, 
her trying to get closer to Jones to get him to reveal things. I don't know, but I sort of, I really like their interaction. It's super interesting what Jones might and might not know about um, the Paul Squad, right? And what happened what in the previous seasons for us um, in the past, because we don't know how much he got from, uh, you know, putting his hand on, on, on Max and creating that connection. We know that Max have, has seen something um, and we know, you know, Jones says that he's seen some stuff, but how much has he actually seen? Has he seen all that went on with, with Noah, all that happened with Noah? And does he know what happened to Isabel? So it, it is very interesting to think about what he actually knows and is he playing them knowing those details is he playing them just from intuition um but yeah it was super interesting it was very um from from an acting standpoint um it was uh, i think lily played it so well when she goes out of 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 the cave into her car and like has this kind of breakdown oh she's so good yeah i, I love, love that. that i love yeah oh. the lack of control from all the aliens this this episode was really it was good it was some of it was more subtle than others like with max which i didn't even catch at first and then isabel truly like losing it which that the car i mean all that shattering everything was beautiful it was perfect okay so let's move on and let's talk about liz and um so there was that kind of really awkward morning after scene um, with Liz and Heath. And was he trying to plate that pan of burnt eggs? I don't know. It was weird. She's kind of How sweet though. It is sweet. She And she was mean. Like she's mean to him. And it she's makes me mean. sad. She's yeah. He's a genuinely like doofus nice guy who's hotter than the fucking sun. And she's just she's been kind of mean like when she said the line about the clearly there's nothing for me here and he's just like well fuck me I guess like I go okay and I kind of hate that because he clearly has feelings for her and I think she knew that going into it and I don't think that you should probably ever sleep with someone whom you know has you know when they have more feelings for you than you do for them Ooh, that's rough yeah, it was not a good look. And that, and like the line about there being nothing for her there, even aside from like whatever personal romantic relationship the two of them have, they've been working together for a year and it's just kind of like, fuck you, Heath, and all the time you've put into my stuff, like whatever. Like she's, she's just mean. I think she's, I would, you know, I think she's focused. I think she's, um, I think, I think she just, she's one of those people that, just I'm the same way that does whatever she's going to do and then thinks about the consequences later or or just sort of barges ahead which in a lot of ways to be a woman in a scientific field I'm sure that that's something that you have to do a lot I'm sure that a lot of that is just her personality and then what she's developed over years in a professional field but she does sort of just plow ahead and then you you know apologize for it later so it's Uh, sometimes people get hurt in that so I work in my, in my real life, my job, I work with physicians every day and they are, you know, unsurprisingly very type A personalities. And you do have to kind of develop a thick skin because they are very blunt. You know, they've got a million things going on at their head in their head at any given moment. And I feel like Liz is kind of the same way. And she's just, you know, she's going to say what she needs to say and move on. And there's nothing wrong with, with that kind of personality and being that way. Um, In my case, it's just specifically how she talks and treats, talks to and treats Heath. Oh, for sure. Yeah. um, Well, well, like we said last time, it's like, it's it's just like with Kyle all over again. Um, And, you know, I I wrote this down in my notes. He's just so lovely and so sweet. And I see it like it's two options. Either they're just going to have her break his heart. Um, and she just returns to Roswell and he never comes up again in the conversation or in the show. We never see him again. Or he's actually evil. Um, you know, those are literally the only two options in the show. Like, that's 
what it looks like, you know, it's 50-50. But the line that made me roll my eyes so hard, so, so hard, was when he said, the morning after scene, and he said, um, I didn't want you to wake up alone and think that I used you. And I was like, hello, dude. She used you. That's like what she did. <laughs> it couldn't be. It couldn't have been more clear. Like literally, how do you not like from what happened the night before? How do you not see it? Uh, and I was like, for someone, for someone who seems to be extremely intelligent, like obviously doing what he does, he's very smart. He's kind of a himbo, and is, I which is fair. But also, honey. But I, I think about how sad it is that when he he obviously really likes her. And maybe thought that this one night together was gonna create feelings that I don't I don't know like maybe it was just I don't it's just sad all the way around like I feel bad for him a lot because he's not gonna you're not gonna get the girl buddy it's, it's not gonna I, happen I will say I do kind of like this this flip of the relationship here where like the dude is the one that's caught feelings and she's just like yeah the sex was was great deuces like yeah that's fair yeah um so there's no mention in the episode of what happened with leaking the patent so i'm going to assume that once again there's no consequences for liz making kind of poor choices like i don't disagree with her leaking the patent because like fuck big pharma or whatever but there's no there's gonna be no consequences like they fixed it we're never gonna mention it again i think it's going to come up later in the season um but it was very weird her is like it's the day after and no one is even talking about the pattern having been leaked like obviously it looks like their plan worked crazy as it was it looks like it worked and they don't know that it's been Liz but it's been leaked I think we could have taken an extra like 30 seconds in that scene in the lab with where she's like snapping at Heath and had that boss lady from the last episode come in and be like Hey, the, your patent leaked like da 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 da. I think that probably would have helped me be like, okay, well maybe there will be some some fallout from this. All right, do you have anything else to say about Liz? Well, except oh, for she's the back. Fact. She's back. She's back. Yeah. <laughs> and we got that that same uh, Liz Max, like shocked that you saw you ran into each other in a small town. Like, okay. I mean, to be fair, she's been gone a year, so I mean, I would be shocked too, but. It's a nice callback. I don't know. I I hope that this is not a redo of all of that again. Like, I hope it's something different that honestly, I don't, you know, I, I, I want them to stay apart a lot longer. I want, you know, I, I, I want this to, to be a little bit different than every other reunion or whatever they've had. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's like just for the sake of the parallel, obviously, um, which is fine. I liked it. Um, I do, and I do think they will stay apart a little longer just because of how they broke up. And, you know, the fact that Max never went after her for like a year, they're both kind of trying to um, move on very into air quotes. Yes. I'm excited so. to see if, if Max and I want to say her name, Anatza, Anatza. If he, if they continue their, whatever it is, like if they, you know, if it's just a casual thing, but if Liz sees them together, we're going to have to have put us through a love triangle, put someone else through it too. Um, I can be here for jealous Liz. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think it would blow her mind because Max, and I'm, I'm not saying that he would fall in love with anyone else. Cause you know, we, we've all talked about that just all the time about how he's Liz sexual, but I think it would be interesting if she saw him, you know, flirting or just having a casual thing with someone else that, you know, I don't know. I, I think that that would be really interesting for their ship. I mean, I'm sure that the people that ship them would hate that, but. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Anatza, let's talk about her and Max. Um, I love her. I think she's working for Deep Sky. I think she's evil. <laughs> But uh, I everyone do love can't her. work for Deep Sky, guys. Yes, they can. <laughs> when we don't know a character, I love that the first thing everyone says is, "Well, I bet they're evil." I don't know that this is how it works, but I do appreciate the dedication because you know what? We were right about Forrest. We were right about you know. That's fine. Maybe she is. I don't know. 
I just get the vibe. I don't know. She was too, she like slid in there a little too easily. And um, I am most interested that she's in town to like investigate Max and like, you know, like racial issues in the town and all of that. Like Mm -hmm. what a weird curveball to throw into the show that I wasn't expecting. You know, I don't know if that's too, the bitter part of me wonders if that's written in to counterbalance the fact that Max is a cop and we're, what we're talking about with like American culture and Black Lives Matter. I don't know. I mean, I it feels like a Roswell move to to have that space on the bingo card. Um, yeah. Well, and haven't we, haven't we mentioned before that we wanted it kind of addressed that Max is a cop and- um, But why is he a cop again? <laughs> yeah, literally. Why For is this storyline, obviously. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff. Easy. No, he's not. No, it's not. There's gonna no, be. There's gonna be a character. Oh, that's, that's what I said. He was the sheriff, and I was like, No, 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 no. What the fuck? How did I miss that? No, it's some chick. I saw a picture yeah. from oh, the next episode, and, and it's a. It, god. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Amanda. <laughs> some chick. Okay. Some chick. Um, I think Feminism. I didn't pay attention at all, and then when Anatsa was saying that she was there to investigate the new sheriff or something at the way that they pan to max i was like is max the fucking sheriff now but okay that makes sense yeah um but i yeah i don't know how he's a cop again i don't know i guess we're just gonna hand wave that away i don't know yeah well i guess the implication was that he was always gonna go back to being a cop when he was strong enough like from last season that they put now he's dying I have, I have no idea. Like, literally makes no sense. It never made any sense. Um, It never made any sense that they never really addressed it. Because, you know, protests, Black Lives Matter protests might have, you know, um, come to the, you know, big news and stuff and protests and all of that um, last year and this year. But it was something that was always there. You know, it's been discussed for years and years and years. So... You know, they kind of mention it um, in the very first episode, but like, eh, not really. Um, so, yeah, I would think that's the plot they're going with for the two of them, you know, kind of the journalist, a black journalist, black woman journalist and the white cop Ooh. and make it a, a cop racial justice kind of plot. When she realized that he was a cop was like Ooh. a moment. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's... That's mm. got to not feel good, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that's why I'm glad she seems to be here at the very least for another episode or two, at the very minimum, yeah. I would imagine. So um, I hope that they have more, that, you know, it's a lot more scenes and we get to know why she's there. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Kyle for a second. Um, so... Mama Valenti is apparently leaving, which is sad loss for all of us. She looks so pretty in her little out in her outfit, like to see her out of uniform. She looked really nice. So uh, we had the nice scene with uh, with Mama Valenti and Kyle with her him getting the the old radio, which I'm I don't know how it's going to tie into it, but I'm sure it will. Maybe there's like alien tech inside the radio or something. Who knows? Um, I help Alex that, solve the thing. I thought oh, so too. Yeah. yeah like something okay. connected. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's all the information I have for you about what Alex is doing is he's, <laughs> it's going to help him solve <laughs> the, thing. the thing. So people come to me, they're like, I, I'm not watching Roswell, but I kind of know what happened. I'm like, please don't do that because I can't tell you what's happening because all <laughs> I can tell you is Alex is solving something that looks like something from an episode of Lost. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did love about the radio. I do love uh, how music always seems to come up into, you know, being a, an important thing in the show, uh, be it with Alex, with Michael, you know, it was with Liz, with Rosa, you know, it's always being like this um, it built into the foundation of the show. And it's something that it's really lovely to see. Um, I do believe that it's going to connect somehow to the aliens or Project Shepard or whatever Jim Valenti was was doing so obviously i mean it, it was too kind of clear of a thing and it's like, here's the radio. right this is gonna right. be a plot point <laughs> roswell is, is not subtle and it's you know yeah. hey here here's a radio let me bash you over the head with the symbolism <laughs> yeah. of it um 
So yeah, so I, I agree. I think that that'll tie. I didn't think about that, but y'all, y'all are right. Which is the next point I have on the outline, which just says in all caps, Mick was right. So we're talking about uh, Maria and, and Mick was right about it being adrenaline triggered. It's Bella. <laughs> I was Twilight right. Renaissance. La- I was right last episode. Mick is very right on this one. Sarah, you gotta be, you know, next episode, all you. I'm on it. So Maria, the visions are adrenaline triggered. So now she's uh, kind of dumb. And we, I think we all saw this coming with her like doing these like crazy things. And I say dumb with like affection. Like you're going to go throw yourself off a roof because obviously that's what you have to do. Can In someone, broad daylight someone, on someone take, someone take a moment and explain to me why she got mad. Because what I understood is that she wanted a rush of adrenaline. Yeah. Why she was pushing, and obviously Max was going to be, you know, there to save her or whatever, even though she knew it was bad for his heart, but it, it seemed like she wanted it to affect his heart. So I got really confused about that. And then I got confused why she got mad at Michael because yeah. she was only like inches from the ground. There should have been yeah. some adrenaline there. That was all, mm-hmm. she didn't know what was going to happen. There should have, so someone, I just want someone to explain to me. One, why she seemed like she was really intent on killing Max in that moment. And then two, why she got so mad. I don't, I don't understand. I've rewatched it. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Like I, what I wrote down in my notes is why, why do you make me like Maria so much in one episode? And then the next episode, she frustrates me to no end, literally, because it was like, it made no sense. Like, what was your point? One, you're in broad daylight someone's gonna see you like even if you throw yourself off the roof from on the road that is not crowded someone's gonna see you because Michael was there on pure chance so someone else could have been there you pushed you were gonna push Max and you push Michael into using their powers in broad daylight again how how no one else in Roswell actually knows there are aliens or people with powers there is beyond me honestly and this is going to be like Teen Wolf where there's the random human dude who's going to be like, I always knew because obviously you guys are not subtle. But anyway, um, and then you get mad at him. Like, well, my assumption is it's going, you know, it, what the underlying, what they're going for is that it's the t- deterioration of her brain mm-hmm. is my guess <clears throat> is part of her mind that's being affected might be decision making or, you know, the inability to have that sort of self-preservation or the inability to sort of um, like subtlety, you know, it could be any of those things because we did see such a drastic change in that scan. So it might be these impulsive, you know, actions and all of this might come down to this is how you can, because this is a very different Maria from one scene to the next. And I just can't believe that that's on, that that's on accident. Like, it feels like that must be on purpose to show that she's going to push herself to the brink of death or, you know, brain death or whatever it might be. So maybe that's, maybe you can use that to explain some of what I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. And I get that. Like I, I I said last episode that we were, you know, it was going to be interesting because we were going to see probably and it is, I'm right. Um, we were going to see Maria push herself to have these visions and, you know, put herself in, the, in dangerous situations. But again, she did put herself in this situation. She jumped off the roof and she was literally inches from the ground. So it should have triggered you, something. Literally should have triggered something. And maybe, maybe it did. And she was just not saying anything. My question but, comes down to her saying, I can't be responsible for someone's death, but then pushes Max knowing he has a bad heart. It's almost like she was saying like, well, I might as well kill you now. I don't know what, I don't know. That was so weird. And that scene, like that all, the whole line of saying to Michael, to Michael, who you've dated for like a year that he sits on a bar stool and just watches as people, you know, kill themselves or are going to die or going to get murdered or whatever. Michael has not been that person since since like half of season one. Well, and I have to wonder, um, it, you know, like, like Amanda said, they're dealing with her brain deteriorating, you know, and it's, it's messing with her, might be, might be messing with like her decision-making skills or whatever. This is the second episode in a row where she's 
said some kind of like really bitter things about Michael. I wonder if maybe that's part of this personality shift because it doesn't seem like something Maria would say or do based on, you know, the previous two seasons. Yeah. The whole thing was just very weird. Um, so finally, after two seasons, somebody admitted that Kyle is right. Finally. I was like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank We've you, Max. waiting for this. Yep. And all people for it to be Max. Yep. <laughs> like, people need to just listen to Kyle. And uh, although, you know, maybe the, maybe he's getting influenced here finally, because shooting up Maria with adrenaline sure sounds like a bad idea. But I guess at this was, point, she's going to do it regardless. True. And maybe if, I don't know, like, is it better to give her a shot of adrenaline, which is, is better than her jumping off a building? I don't know. I guess, I guess it, I mean, both are harming. I'm more shocked that he did it because it feels like Kyle is, has, and he said it before. It's just one of those like do no harm takes that very seriously and very to the, you know, he's, he's mentioned that a few times knowing that shooting her up with adrenaline will directly cause more deterioration and more, you know, I guess it's, that's a, that's a really bad position for Kyle to be in. Again, Kyle was put in, you know, a position where his sort of ethics and morality are, are put on the line. Yeah. I would think his reasoning is that he at least is a situation that he can in some way control um, and supervise better than her jumping off a building or being to speeding cars or, or whatever, you know, um, it's something that he can help her with because she, as you said, she's going to do it regardless. So at least he's, he's supervising the situation and he can be there if it looks like he will, you know, harm her. So at least he's there, you know, on the scene um, and can right. help very quickly. Okay, so let's move on and talk about Rosa and um, Wyatt. Barf noises, don't care. <laughs> Disgusting, no one wanted this. This is gross. There's no way out of this that isn't gross. Sorry. I will allow one thing, and that that's the Wyatt's actor is doing a very good job. He's it's playing so cute like, as like awkward, yeah. shy. He's Wyatt. playing yeah. bumbling idiot very well. I, I want to again say that the entire storyline is terrible. You cannot redeem a racist like that. You cannot. But there was a, if this was the, if this was the plan, like if, cause you know, they, they said, you know, when Karina started the show, she had a five-year plan. So one would assume that like the major storyline, she had at least some kind of like general idea of what was going to happen. So if you had the storyline, planned there was a way to make Wyatt like kind of a dick and like a not like a bad guy without making him as irredeemably hateful as they did for two seasons if you were going to do this you have to find a way to make him make him more redeemable make him Flint not Jesse yes right like you could have but at this point Wyatt has murdered Liz he has said really terrible things you know, has been a sexist piece of shit to Jenna. Like, every, I mean, there's a whole list of sins that this man has committed. And we're supposed to forget it all because he lost some of his memory. Like, there, this is like a really in-depth philosophical question of like who you are. And if you lose these memories, are you still the same person? Do you get a chance to reinvent yourself? If you, There's all of that way more in depth than we're going to talk about on fucking Roswell. But me personally, I don't want to watch this because I don't think that there was any hint that Wyatt had feelings for Rosa in high school before now. I don't think that this was something this is again, and I'll fall back on this a million times. You can do really weird things if the groundwork for said things is laid very early and you can trace it for a long time. You cannot, I don't know if it's going to sound familiar. You cannot do something in one episode. And then the next episode say that that's enough backstory to justify something else happening. You can't do it. It doesn't work. Mm. It, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. Wyatt for every episode we've ever seen him in is an irredeemable racist Trump supporting dumbass. 
So now all of a sudden he's supposed to be this like cute bumbling teenager who's in love with her. I mean, come on. And again, you're never going to convince me that this one event of a car crash causes these people to be racist as fuck. Does it exacerbate it? Maybe, but it was always there. This is the family that he has. I just, I'm having a hard time with him. And nobody in his family is going to notice that he is completely changed overnight and he doesn't remember the last 10 years. Like, I would, I would think they were trying, you know, Kyle or whatever doctor would try to explain, like he's been in an accident or whatever. Um, but that what that is why I part of why I hate this plot so much part of it is you know obviously the romantic side of it with Rosa which is oh awful um Amanda like you said is like Alex let's say it, it's like Alex and Maria last season all over again okay you can not just tell me oh look at that they were in love in high school you never told me that that is part of it the other is everyone else remembers what happened like what are you gonna do are you gonna have him are you gonna have someone who does not remember what he did redeem himself somehow like it, it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make and where any can sense this because... relationship even go where can it exactly. go not only do you have the issue of age you have I mean, you have both of their ages get a little weird when we're talking about like a physical age versus emotional age okay if you can put that aside whatever where are you going to take this? People know who Rosa is. Rosa Linda is not going to fucking work on anyone else in town. You know, you, so even if they were to have a relationship, which God, I hope not, where it can only go so far. Yeah. And again, maybe there's a plot twist. Maybe there's some sort of twist. I have no fucking clue, but I really, I need something. <sighs> All right. Let's talk about the positive Rosa interaction, that really great scene uh, towards the end with Rosa and Kyle, where Kyle's, you know, very much the good big brother. I loved that. I love them kind of, you know, going back and forth and helping them work through kind of the stuff that they were struggling with. It was just a really good scene. And I love them together. I can't wait to see Kyle and Rosa and Liz, like all like as a trio. I think that'd be really great. Uh, But this definitely established that that Kyle and Rosa have apparently worked on their relationship during the time jump. Is this really about what happened with Wyatt? Or is it about you? Because as far as I can tell, for the first time in a long time, you're really trying. That must be scary. I mean, what if you fail? Exactly. What if I do fail? Hmm. Lately, I've been feeling like failing's all I do. I can't tell if it's a reason to give up or if it's a reason to keep going. I mean, obviously, you should keep going. If you quit, people die. Death isn't the only reason to try, you know? Life's a pretty good reason in and of itself. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Which is funny is they they the show sure remember that they're actually siblings. Um it's so funny because we've not seen them interact since episode two of season two. Yep. Um it's not really like, okay, there. Um whatever you finally remembered. Um hopefully it lasts a little bit longer than last season because last season it was a very great scene, the one that we had in, in you know, the episode that we had it in. Is that the one in the church? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah, yeah. Episode one, episode two, whatever. It's very early in season two. Um, and it was a great scene. And this was a great scene. And even, you know, the one in, in the hospital with Wyatt, um, him very being, you know, on one side being like just a nice, you know, good person reacting to a racist or whatever. Um, and on the other end, just being the big brother, you know, Rose's big brother who should be the little brother, whatever, it's always confusing. Um, and that scene when he says to her, you know, that the living is also something that you should, um, that is worth, you know, fighting for and, you know, working towards um, was, was, it was a very good scene. So I, hopefully it lasts this time around. <laughs> 
And we get I have a feeling, I mean, Kyle has truly already had more scenes with other people in the first two episodes than I think he did the entirety of last season, where I think he only talked to Steph, Liz, and Max. I mean, truly, with any depth. Um, So we're already, I think, miles ahead of where we were (laughs) last season. Um, I think Kyle just works with, like, every character. He brings something to their interaction. Everyone loves Kyle. (laughs) It just works with everyone. So I, I, I especially think that uh, Rosa and Kyle, because, I, because Rosa and Liz have so much history with their sibling relationship, and that's always going to be who's the older sister now, and there's always going to be something there. They, Rosa and Kyle kind of had to start from scratch when they were both older. And so I think that that can give a very different sibling relationship, a different view. And so again, I hope that this is like something that happens quite often. All right, let's talk about Alex and Deep Sky. I still Hated it all. really care. Don't know Hated what's going on. Can't wait. Hated it all. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I will say that I was very intrigued by the uh, very hot salt and What is wrong with y'all? I'm sorry. What is wrong with everyone? No. Not- no. Y'all to look at one thin man with like some facial hair and are like, daddy, again, go to fucking therapy. What is wrong with y'all? I don't know. I, it's just weird. I don't. It's weird, and I think yeah. the looks don't really match with what I think is happening. And my assumption is that he's playing deep sky and, you know, he's because he's, he is. He said he's purposely tried to get recruited that was the whole point mm-hmm. of him going in there you know it's not like <clears throat> this came out of nowhere he did explain that this is what he's going to do so but i it was all tyler played it weird a weird <laughs> actor played it weird everyone making it sexual makes it weird i don't know for me when i rewatch it i'm like i gotta i gotta fast forward i can't i can't do it i do think it explained them um what my fear is with the plot with alex and deep sky i did like the alex that we got Honestly, character-wise, I, I did because I, I think he. Well, I I just think it it's, it resembles Alex from season one a little. Oh, bit. see, it's so um, funny. I have the exact opposite opinion. <laughs> do you? I love you. Yes, I this this Alex. I don't know who the fuck he is, but I go go talk. I want to hear what you say. I don't know because uh, last season it was very kind of very tame, Alex. Very you know, it didn't really do much, but I think it's this is one regardless of what choice he makes which I think is dumb but whatever it's already more like decisive Alex and you know I I think it resembles season one Alex a little more but I do not like the fact that this plot seems to be just repeating what he did in season one and season two basically and isolating him even more than he already was isolated from other characters um, from our core characters and you know giving him new dynamics that we do not want I think number yeah. one for me is that I am confused I don't know about his motivation for doing this which seems to have radically changed from season two where it was about protection and finding out information whereas now it seems like an obsession with his father whereas last season maybe it was a little bit of both I did not like the line about maybe my family got it wrong so others could get it right. That's gross. Yeah, I don't know. Because I kind of agree with both of you. I think that both of you have have valid points about Alex. Like, I can see what Mick is saying about him kind of having season one Alex vibes. But this also, I think that Alex as a character has been fundamentally changed by Jesse dying. Yeah, maybe. So, Or maybe, so I think you know, maybe- he's always he's always put up walls and he's always, mm-hmm. we never really knew the real, you know, maybe this is part of him finding himself. Maybe, maybe that's putting too much thought into it, but maybe right alongside with him sort of sorting himself out, we're seeing different parts of him come out. You know, maybe this is all a ruse and we're going to find out he's super manipulating the shit out of the deep sky people. And that would be awesome. Awesome. If in a few mm-hmm. episodes we found out all of this is just Alex playing them for information or whatever. Well, well, which we did get an anon question, which we've we've pretty much answered. We got an anon on Tumblr that asked if we thought that Alex is playing Deep Sky, and I agree. I think he is. Um, I don't really have a concern about him like falling too deep or like drinking the Kool Aid or whatever, you know. 
but so I do think he's playing them. It's my so. one fear. It's my one fear. <laughs> We're just heading into yeah. some really like QAnon right wing conspiracy theory territory here that ooh, I still don't really know what Deep Sky does, which usually paramilitary groups like this, there's a lot of like racism and sexism and really disgusting beliefs. And it's just like, ooh, I just, I surely they wouldn't let him to fall too deeply into it without on purpose. Like, yes, get to mm-hmm. get deeply in it, but do it on purpose. I'm telling you, I really need him to interact with more characters because I do think that I, I do think it makes sense if we're gonna see him we're gonna see that he's playing deep sky that they were gonna isolate him for a few episodes um so the plot like thickens or whatever but i do want to see him interact with other characters that are not into deep sky be it michael be it kyle be it whatever um so that we learn more about his um his stance you know his, his opinion or what he's doing i have deep fears it's going to be weeks before we see alex and michael interact i know and again not everything is about malix and i'm willing i'm definitely willing to say that because i've loved these episodes with zero malix whatsoever this is great but at the end of the day i am there and i'm not ashamed to admit that at all is that that is one of the big reasons that i watch the show I have a feeling it's going to be a while because you're right, because he has to be isolated for at least one more episode. And, and all the stills that we got of Alex, I think he was always with them. So he's in at least one more episode of being isolated. I think this whole season is going to be really light on Malix and, and I'm kind of okay with it. If it furthers their character, you know, Michael's got this very intense storyline here with the dictator or whatever. They're friends. They don't mean romantically, but I don't know. I guess I are they friends them. though at this point? Are they friends at this point? Like, listen, it's- listen. They said in the panel that they did before the the, the premiere aired that they were gonna be friends. Both Tyler and Blamis said this. They were, they were gonna be friends this season. If they lied to me one more time, they said this last season as well. If they lied to me one more time, I swear to God. Well, we're also the there's is, eleven more episodes. Well, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's eight fine. more and episodes. Also, really, we for the past two seasons we thought that Tyler wasn't going to be in three episodes. Is that he actually wasn't in two episodes? So, well, this year it, it might is have actually worked. it is three. It okay. is he is he is gone for three episodes. Okay, so um, we have eight more episodes. Okay, but um, I'm gonna be kind of fine even if they don't actually interact in the sense that we see them on screen at the same time together in the same room (laughs) talking to each other um if we get a little more like hints or like them talking about one another kind of like episode one right um if we get nothing and no hints about that last year then michael's entire behavior in episode one makes no fucking sense sense. because why would you be hopeful why would you be doing all of this if you had no interaction and had no idea where Alex was, you know, emotionally and all of that, then none Listen. of that would make any sense. And I refuse to give up the hair floof. That was very important to me. Yep. So it's fine. And I'm, I, I, again, have enjoyed these past two episodes. I'm, I'm bracing myself for not getting anything, any content next week as well. I, you know, that's fine. Um, my patients will start wearing thin about episode five. That's, that's where I might start pulling my own hair out if we don't get something fair. All right. So, uh, last week we had, uh, an Anon on Tumblr. I think it was that asked what our favorite part of the episode was, and we really loved that. So we're going to make it a regular thing. So who wants to go first and tell us their favorite part of the episode? Bitch, Michael in the fire. We never, we didn't talk a lot about, you know, that this episode, um, but it was so, it was so good. Ignoring the retcon of somehow now he's impervious to fire, even though you would know that at some point, but it's fine. It's sci-fi CW. I'll let it go. Um, that whole, you know, revisiting him sitting in the junkyard with a fire blazing that he does like every five minutes and that sort of angsty way that he does. Um, 
I loved the way that Blamus acted that it wasn't, you know, it was very like all about his facial expressions. And so just anything giving us a hint into who Michael is and what he, you know, his, the next step on his journey on screen or whatever, that was fantastic. Um, I think Michael having to confront that things are not the way that he thought they were is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I have to agree um, because I I love being right. And I've been saying for two season, seasons now that Michael is actually the most important one in the group oh, and, yeah. most, or, or, and or the most powerful one. I would not be mad if it was Isabel either. But um, but my part was kind of, this kind of the whole episode, but my favorite part was Mr. Jones in general. Like he's just... Uh, so good i do not want to say this but uh, nathan you're uh if you're listening to this you're actually a pretty good actor you're also pretty hot with the beard i'm not gonna lie Are <laughs> shut we, can up we take it weird can we make it weird but then he did the jones i'm sorry the beard it's not bad once we got past the howdy partner of it all i'm not gonna lie it's, it's an aesthetic that i'm enjoying well, I do love the aesthetic. I do. I have I said this last episode. I do love the aesthetic. The beard still looks too much like a wig, which probably I is. just feel like Mr. Jones would be an exuberant lover. Let's say that. <laughs> Giving, but you you know, crack a few, cracking a few jokes. I, I oh, hope Jesus one day Christ. we all find an exuberant lover, Amanda. <laughs> you all deserve one. Oh. Sarah, what was your favorite part? Um, I really loved the scene with Isabel and Jones. The chemistry was really good. The way that they acted it, uh, you know, like I said, Isabel's a little smirk, like just so very Isabel. And then to have her kind of keep it together and have this very like ice queen facade that she's been known for. And 30 seconds later, she's busting every window in her car because she's having a breakdown over it I just thought that was so good perfect um anything else we want to talk about no okay so that was our recap of episode two we will be back next week to talk about episode three Uh, in the meantime you can find us on tumblr instagram and twitter and shout out to uh, elena on twitter who sent us a lot of great comments that we agreed with almost everything uh we love hearing from you guys Uh, And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.